This podcast is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. Hey, buddy. How's it going? It's been going great. I'm still recovering from that booze cruise bachelor party that I went on this past weekend, but that's why I sound like this. I got to be honest with you. I've been waiting to tell you this. I was the karaoke king. I walked into a piano bar and they brought me up on stage because I was yelling friends in low places back at the (laughs) piano player so loudly. He's just like, come up here. And he handed me the mic. And I just. Did you sing the third verse? Oh, so that was the funny part. He was like, oh, do you know the third verse? Do you know the third verse? And, you know, we've seen Garth five, six times. So, like, I know the whole thing when he says, like, we don't do the third verse live anymore. Sorry. And then. (laughs) But. Absolutely. We did the third verse live and we freaking nailed it. It was so good. Nice. Well, lucky for you, I pretty much do all the talking in our episodes. So <laughs> can let your voice rest. Yeah, good thing because I'm going to need it. Yeah. So let's get into this episode this week. What was on the country hot list for this episode? What year are we starting in? Oh, we're starting in 2015. Well, kind of we have to go back to 2012, but the case takes place in 2015 and it was some kelsey ballerini song i don't know i was gonna say that early i probably don't care yeah so i don't know i don't even know which one so we're gonna go to idaho falls idaho for this episode okay and i don't know what the hell's going on in idaho these last couple years but for a really low populated state that you kind of like forget about they've had some really big cases the last couple years You know what it probably is? It's probably Californians moving up to Idaho. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All the ones that I can think of, though, they're the people that are from there. (laughs) So That's true, yeah. Like the Joseph Henry Loveless, that John Doe that was like 100 and something years old that they found in a cave. The Idaho killer, he was from like Ohio or something, wasn't he? He was from Pennsylvania. He was there for grad school. Pennsylvania, yeah. But then Lori Daybell, Lori Vallow, the cult mom that killed her kids. She's on trial right now. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. that sounds great. She killed her teenage daughter and her son, and then they killed his wife, and they killed her husband, and then they ran to Hawaii and got married, and then everybody's like, hey, where's your kids? Oh, yeah. I did hear about that. Oh, they're safe. Don't worry. They're safe. Those kids, don't worry about them. They're fine. Yeah, but they weren't fine. So anyway, this case also starts with a couple, but hopefully not as evil as that couple. Well, we'll find out, won't we? No, we don't. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> so this case starts with an engaged couple named Jessica Mitchell and Vernal Dior Kuntz. Vernal, huh? Yeah, I knew you were going to have something to say about that name, so I waited. <laughs> I mean, do you not? Like, Vernal? Like, not even Vernon, it's Vernal or Werner? Yeah. Because I know Vernon's dry, uh, ga- uh, no, it's not Gatorade, it's uh, ginger ale, but no, wow. it's Vernal. Vernal. Yeah. Okay. Vernal Dior Kuntz. And they dated for a few years in high school, and then they broke up and went their separate ways, and they grew up and married other people. Jessica had two children, and then her and her husband got divorced, and Vernal Dior Kuntz and his wife got divorced, and they reconnected and started dating again. So by 2012, Vernal and Jessica got engaged, and shortly after they got engaged, they found out they were pregnant. Oh, wow. So they're starting new lives. Yep. Pretty much starting over with each other. Yep. So there. Would you give a guy named Vernal two chances? No. I feel like that's a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like not even one. I'd be like, no. Yeah. Well, I I think that too. But yeah. You know, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm, I don't think so. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
chance. <laughs> okay. So, but who am I? I don't know. I've been married twice. I obviously don't know how to do it very well either, so. But not to a Vernal. No, that's true. So their baby was born in December of 2012, and they named him Dior Jr. Okay. But they call him Little Man. That's like their nickname hmm. for him is Little Man. I probably would have called him like DJ. Yeah, but they don't. They call him Little Man. Oh, all right. So n- nobody calls her kid DJ anymore because DJ was weird on Roseanne. Oh, I thought we were talking about DJ Tanner. That's what I thought of. But you're right. DJ on Roseanne was pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So by 2015, Dior was two and a half years old. So he was a toddler. And Jessica happened to be a CNA. She took on a job of caring for her elderly grandfather, Bob, which worked out perfectly because she could bring Dior to Bob's house with her every day for work because he would just be like hanging out with his great grandpa. Yeah. So Bob was getting older and he needed quite a bit of in-home help. He was on oxygen 24-7 And he just was aging. So in July of 2015, they decided to take a family camping trip to a place called Timber Creek Campground that Bob used to take Jessica's mom to when she was a kid and Jessica when she was young, too. So it's like a place they used to go as a family. They decided it would be a good idea to take Dior and do it now before Bob was past the point where he couldn't go camping physically. Yeah. Since he was still getting around just on oxygen. Yeah. So this campground is super duper remote. It's like 130 miles north of Idaho Falls, and it's like in the woods. Yeah, it sounds like if you go in, you're probably not coming out. Yeah, it's like 45 minutes from like the nearest town. It's pretty, pretty remote. And that 45 minutes away town is called Lador, Idaho, and it's a super duper small town. It's like 100 people. Oh, so really you're not close to anything. So even that's remote. Yeah. Do they have a hospital? No, no, no. No. No, they don't even have a McDonald's. Probably for the best. They have like one store, you know, and like 20 houses. Is it like a Cabela's? No, no, no. It's called the Stage Shop. It's just like a little general store, grocery store, like convenience store. Okay, cool. So one-stop shop. It's a town of 100 people, Grant. There's nothing there. Definitely not a Costco. No. So Vernal, Jessica, Baby Dior, Grandpa Bob... And then Grandpa Bob's friend Isaac Rainwand all head up to the Timber Creek Campground on July 9th, 2015. They all get up to the campground and they set up their camp and they go to bed because they got there, you know, after work on a Friday night. Sure. So they wake up the next day and they do camping stuff. Vernal and Jessica head down to a little creek where they go fishing and baby Dior hangs out with Grandpa Bob at their little base camp. They're just doing regular camping stuff. And then... After a few minutes of fishing down by the creek, Vernal comes back up to the base camp to get baby Dior to take him down to the creek to show him the fish that they were catching. He walks up and he's like, hey, Grandpa Bob, where's little man? And he's like, oh, I don't know. He was just right there. And Grandpa Bob was like, didn't he go down there with you guys? Like, I didn't, I don't know. He he was right here and now he's not here. Like, I have no idea. So they search around the campsite yelling screaming his name, you know, they check the tents, the cars, the road. He's nowhere. So they're beginning to panic, obviously. Like, yeah, big time. (laughs) It's starting to set in. Yeah. Jessica calls her mom. She's like yelling and screaming. And her mom's like, call 911. Like, you need help. If you've been searching for him for 15 or 20 minutes and he's not responding, like he couldn't have been far enough. 
yeah. to not hear you in that short of time. So call 911. You need help. Because this was too big of an area and too remote to just be walking around trying to find him for a long time. Like, if they run out of daylight, they're they're screwed. This is why I'm a big fan of kids being on leashes. I think it's totally fine. <laughs> you know, I know there's a lot of back and forth about it, but 100% it's okay to put your kid on a leash. I had one. I turned out relatively fine. Yeah, so it's debatable. I think it's totally fine. Do it. Yeah. Like, keep them close. Yeah. Maybe don't like stake it to the ground, but like put, <laughs> attach it to you. I think that's more than fine. Or just put like an air tag on them, like on their shoe. Yeah, that is starting to be more of a more of a thing, but I mean, or just once they're born just microchip them right away and then you really don't have to worry okay. about them. Okay. Yeah. You're all into the microchipping. <laughs> well, Ted, we're heading there anyway. Might as well just jump on it now. Right out the womb. Yeah. So this area is super thick with forests and creeks and reservoirs and, you know, they needed help. Plus, it was going to take the authorities a little while to get up there because of how remote it was. So they needed to call like now so that the authorities could get there, you know, within an hour or two. So Jessica calls 911 and told them where they were, the campground, all that kind of stuff, and that Dior was missing. Vernal also called 911 at the same time as Jessica, but his call's never been released, so we don't know exactly what he said. We do know what Jessica said, because her call is public record. Is there a reason his calls haven't been released? We don't know. We don't know, because they haven't been released. So it is kind of awkward. They called the same 911 on the same day at the same time, and her call was released and his wasn't. So that is kind of interesting. Just keep that in your back pocket. I will try to remember. So the police and a lot of search and rescue volunteers and a lot of regular citizen volunteers eventually show up and they search super thoroughly. They check the creek. I mean, it's a really shallow creek, but a two-year-old can drown in just a couple of inches of water, you know? Yeah. So they check the creek. They check the reservoir. There's no sign of him anywhere. Mm, Man, this is not going well. Yeah, they even bring in divers to make sure that he's not in the reservoir somewhere, and there's no sign of him. Part of the reason that they focused on the reservoir a little bit, though, was because they brought in scent dogs, and the scent dogs tracked to around that reservoir, and so everybody was like, oh no, you know? And so they kind of focused on that for a while, and then it turns out that another unrelated family scattered cremains at the reservoir. Oh, so th- oh, interesting. Of a child, just just out of curiosity, or like just, no, 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 of like a, a a family, a deceased family member. Okay. And so, it, but it messed up the dogs because they're cadaver dogs. They're looking for the scent of human remains, and they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So it just that was the the dogs kind of were useless pretty much at that point. But if he had wandered off, he shouldn't have been that far from camp. He was only two and a half. Yeah, he got he got little legs. They can't go very fast. And this is rugged terrain. You know what I mean? It's not like it's flat yeah. fields where he could just run for I mean this is like real rugged terrain. So the really scary thing that they thought about right away was an animal attack. Like a bear or a wolf might have got him if he had wandered away from camp. But you'd think Grandpa Bob would have heard that, but That's the thing. The authorities pretty much rule out an animal attack right away because 
he was wearing clothing and he was wearing cowboy boots that were like two sizes too big for him. And the police thought if he was attacked by an animal, his boots might have fallen off or a piece of clothing or blood or hair a sign of something, a struggle, yeah. something. Or you think a two and a half year old is going to get picked up by a wolf or a bear and not scream? Like, pretty unlikely. I do not think that. Yeah. And if he did scream, they, they all would have heard him. Even where they were fishing down at the creek was less than 100 yards from camp. But I, I would think, too, if the bear or a wolf or something growled or roared or, you know, they would have heard do. that. Exactly. So. Yeah, but they definitely would have heard him screaming. Either way. Yeah, but no sign of that anywhere. So Jessica and Vernal are super cooperative. They answer questions. They give interviews. They do everything they need to do that they're supposed to do. And the community rallies behind them and missing doer. I mean, they come out in groves to volunteer to search the area to the point where the local authorities had to say no more civilian searchers because this area is too dangerous. Like if one of you gets hurt, we'll feel responsible. Like, yeah. we can't keep track of all of you, so no thank you. <laughs> yeah, and Grandpa Bob is probably feeling pretty bad about everything happening, too. I mean, he was oh, under yeah. his watch. Yeah, but with no signs that he wandered off or that he was attacked by an animal, investigators start to wonder if maybe he was kidnapped. I mean, isn't that the first thought, really? Like, truly? You know, I think that's what everyone's first fear is, is like, oh, no, they were kidnapped. I think in a city, yeah, but I think in a remote campground, that's like probably closer to your last thought because there's nobody around. I mean, there was people camping yeah. on the other side of like the creek from them, like kind of far away, because when you're out in a remote area like that, you don't set up camp right next to somebody. Right. They'd be like, what are you doing? The, the reason we're all out here is because we hate <laughs> <There's, people."> Yeah. <laughs> like. There's so much space out here. Yeah. You don't need to be right here. Yeah. So there were people like kind of far away, like not close enough to be able to like see them. But according to Jessica, after the search teams showed up and started looking for little Dior, there was a guy in a black truck that packed up and left. And she wonders to this day if those people that had been in the area were ever talked to by the authorities, like if they were ever interviewed. Yeah, I mean, they <sighs> because it's. I hope that they were, you know. I mean, yeah, but it's pretty hard it, to cordon off an area that big. Yeah, but also you see this happening, and like again, you're out there to be away from people, and now there's police showing up from every angle. Like you're getting hordes of them coming in. You got them flying in. Yeah, you want to get out of there. So it, there may be nothing to it. It yeah. could just be the circumstance. Yeah, it could be a guy who likes to be in the remote wilderness of Idaho, and then all of a sudden there's hundreds of people. He's like, great. Now my weekend's yeah. ruined. And he packs up yeah, and leaves. Totally. <laughs> it doesn't really seem likely that a stranger would have time to kidnap him either. Like in the few minutes that his parents were down at the stream without him and that he was at the camp with Grandpa Bob, and how would Grandpa Bob not have heard somebody drive up and take him and then drive away on the gravel road? Like, how would he not have heard that? Well, I was thinking that person may have walked up, but, I mean, still, you don't, I mean, the kid would probably scream his head off, right? Like, yeah, I would somebody think... else that he doesn't know picks him up? Yeah, it's not impossible, though. Like, he could have wandered off on his own and into somebody else's camp or out to the road, and then somebody abducted him from out there you know what i mean like it's possible that yeah that's true yeah two things could have happened like he could have wandered off and then been kidnapped so they searched the campsite for days and days turns into weeks and then months and they've never found 
a shred of evidence of little Dior in those woods. They haven't found anything that Nothing. like not a shoe, not a jacket, not a not bone, a footprint or something. Nothing. Really? Yep. So two months after he goes missing, a guy named Frank Vilt inserts himself into the investigation. And Frank is a retired U.S. Marshal, so he offers to be their private investigator and help them. So that's super nice. Yeah, you know, very much so. Do we yeah, know, was he, just, he doing this for free and just living off of his pension? Yeah, he waived his private investigator's fee and was totally just trying to help. Oh, that's fantastic. We need more people like that. Yeah, so he starts to investigate. He started by questioning Vernal and Jessica, and he wants them to recount their entire day before little Dior went missing. And so they tell him that after breakfast that morning, Jessica started her period and had to go into town to get supplies. So Jessica, Vernal, and baby Dior got in the truck, and they drove 45 minutes to that little town of Lador. And Grandpa Bob and his friend Isaac stayed back at the campground. Okay. Jessica says they went to the stage shop, which is like the little general store in that tiny little town. She got tampons. And then when they were walking up and down the aisles, she said there was a guy in the store that was kind of staring too long at Dior. And it gave her the creeps. Like, just like as a mom, she's like, he was just creepy. I didn't like him. But she said that was the only thing out of the ordinary when they went to town. And Frank asked her if she saw any cars while she was at the store, like parked there. And she said that she just remembers seeing a black Jeep Rubicon. So not even the same black truck that they saw earlier. No, but this did stick out to Frank because he had set up a tip line when he first took on the case. And a tip was called in about a mother that was hiking in the area shortly before Dior went missing with her two little boys. And a guy was almost like stalking them on their hike. She said that he was right behind them, staring at her kids too long. It was making her really nervous to the point where they left. And she noticed that he was also driving a black Jeep Rubicon. So that's a little bit Hmm. of a coincidence that nobody likes. (laughs) But there is a guy who matches that description in the area that knows the manager of the stage shop and is there a lot. And so they stopped and talked to that guy and he ended up being the guy. But he had a total alibi for the day of, and he's like, I don't know what either one of them are talking about. Like, I wasn't staring at their kids. Like, I don't know. But they clear him right away because he had a totally solid alibi. So the private investigator starts looking at the four adults that were with Dior when he went missing. So his parents, Jessica and Vernal, obviously, you always look at them. His grandpa, Bob, and grandpa's awkward friend, Isaac, that he brought with him. Oh, I kind of forgot about Isaac. Yeah. And when I say awkward, I mean like... Like real awkward? Yeah, like he's one of those people that just says the wrong thing at the wrong time every time he talks. Is he? Does he mean well and just does maybe. not execute well? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Like even during the search, he was making jokes and like just saying stuff that uh, wasn't yeah. super appropriate for like a kid being missing. Yeah. All right. I got. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Almost like he didn't understand the gravity of the situation, maybe. Yeah, I would certainly assume that. I mean, these people are looking for their missing two-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah. Like, it's about as panicky as you can get. And Yeah, he's cracking jokes. Yeah, and I'm assuming we know this because he made them to the parents, which are really the last people making the jokes to. Right. So people were suspicious of him right off the bat. 
He wasn't searching or helping much and just really didn't have a lot to do with the investigation. Like, even once they went home from the campground, people would try to ask him questions, the media and everybody. He was just very closed off. He was like, Was he no down help. at the creek with them? At he this was time? in a different section of the creek fishing. But yes, he was uh, down at the creek. He was not up at the camp. Did they have eyes on him at all times? I'm not sure. Okay. So they're also a little bit suspicious of him because there were tips called in from people who knew him like before this had happened and they were worried that he was involved somehow because he's so kind of weird. It's never a good position to be in. Yeah, and Vernal and Jessica had never met him until this trip. He was friends with Grandpa Bob, but they had never met him. So that's probably a little weird, too, since Jessica's taking care of Grandpa Bob so much. Like, How has she never met him? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of awkward, too. And is he as old as Grandpa Bob? No, he's in his 30s. Oh. Oh. That's a big difference. Yes. He's much younger. So when the private investigator looks into Isaac's background, they find out that he has kind of a criminal past. He was arrested for theft and battery and some domestic violence stuff. Yeah, so he was pretty suspicious. And the fact that he didn't help or be involved after the fact was really not looking good. Because the entire state of Idaho pretty much got behind these people and was trying to help find this kid. And the guy who was there wasn't. That was kind of weird. Yeah. But he did eventually sit down with Nate Eaton from the East Idaho News and did an on-TV interview. Really? See, this seems weird, too. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. But his why? story has never, ever changed. It's been the same from the day Dior went missing until he did that TV interview until today. And his story was that he woke up around noon, which feels very late to wake up camping. Absolutely it does. Like, yeah. if you're not up at the crack of dawn, like... Well, even my husband, who likes to sleep in as much as possible, when we go camping, it's not possible. Especially if you're in a tent. You're not in a quiet room where you could sleep. Yeah. Like, anyway, he says he woke up around noon, and Jessica, Vernal, and Dior headed into town, and then he went fishing. And the next time he saw anybody was Grandpa Bob, Vernal, and Jessica yelling when he was already missing. So as much as Isaac is awkward and has a criminal past and is suspicious as fuck, most of the investigators believe him because his story has never changed. It's always been the same. Well, it doesn't sound like there's a lot to it either. I mean, you know, yeah, there's not a lot to that story. Even I know what his story is. I could retell it to you verbatim. Yeah, exactly. But there are adults there that day whose stories have not always been the same. Really? Like his parents? Yes. And Grandpa Uh, Bob, even. Well, Grandpa Bob might be a little, you know, he might be a little forgetful. Yes, you could chalk a lot of Grandpa Bob's discrepancies with his stories up to his age and his memory. I would think so, at least. But Vernal and Jessica's stories haven't even just changed over time or, like, remembering stuff differently after the panic was over. Like, they changed right away, pretty much. So Grandpa Bob, who was supposedly watching Little Dior, says that he turned and looked at him every once in a while and he was there playing with his toys. And then one time he turned and looked at him and he wasn't there. But then there's been other times when Grandpa Bob has been asked what happened and he says that he thought baby Dior was with Jessica and Vernal down at the creek. 
and that he didn't know he was supposed to be watching him. So people kind of say that's a discrepancy, like those are two different stories, but it could also be the same story. He could have been turning and looking at him and he was there. And then when he turned and looked at him and he wasn't there, he thought he went down to the creek with his parents. I don't know. I don't think that's a big enough discrepancy to really be suspicious of Grandpa Bob. No. No, I'm not too suspicious of him. I mean, what's he going to do with the body or, you know, what's he going to do with this kid at all? Right. Physically. Right. Exactly. So I'm much more interested to hear what the parents have to say. Yeah. Well, and like Grandpa Bob could have even dozed off for a few minutes. Oh. And that's when and and maybe he doesn't even realize he dozed off. So maybe more time lapsed than he realized. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So I don't know. It just so unlikely with his physical shape that he was in that he would be able to do anything to him. But Vernal and Jessica have also flip-flopped on their stories a lot over the years. Even things as minor as what time everybody got up that morning and who got up first and what they did has changed. That's interesting. They uh-huh. should not be changing their stories. Yeah. And and stuff like that is not stuff that like, oh, because you were in a panic, you don't remember. Like, that's the kind of stuff that that shit all happened before you were in a panic. So they say that Isaac woke him up that morning at like 8 or 8.30, knocking on the window of their, their car or their tent. It seems like they might have been camping in their car. Well, and that's kind of what I thought because they got in late on Friday. Yes. So, and it's, I mean, from what it sounds like, it sounds like they just kind of went to sleep. So in some of their stories, they say at about 8 or 8.30, Isaac was knocking on their window, yelling, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, which is like a weird thing to happen because Isaac says that he didn't get up till noon and by the time he got up everybody had eaten breakfast. Right. So their story is he got up pretty early. I mean early enough. Yeah. And then and... woke them up awkwardly. Huh. And his story is he woke up at noon. Now I think we we've already agreed waking up at noon is a really weird time to wake up, but mm-hmm. and eight or nine, I mean that's still a little bit late for camping. But also what is this knocking on the window yelling wakey wakey eggs and bakey? Like why would anybody lie about that either? Like that doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. There's more though, because when they asked them separately in interviews who cooked breakfast, Jessica said that she cooked breakfast. And when they asked Vernal, he said that he cooked breakfast. How do you not remember who cooked breakfast? Yeah, absolutely. And that seems super insignificant. Like, even if they had cooked together, don't you think they would have said, we made breakfast? Or or they would have said, like, Vernal helped me make breakfast, or Jessica helped me make breakfast. Like, he said he cooked breakfast, and she said she cooked breakfast. Like, period. So, kind of weird. And it seems super duper insignificant. But the more questions that they ask them, the more different answers they get. So, they asked about the 911 call. And Vernal says that he said, let's call 911. And Grandpa Bob said, no, we don't need a bunch of people up here. We can find him. But then Jessica says that she said, let's call 911. And Grandpa Bob said, yes, absolutely. We need help. We should call 911. But then when they asked Grandpa Bob, he's like, nobody asked me anything about 911. I found out they called. <laughs> Not, yeah, he's like, I found out they called 911 after they already called 911. Why would they ask me? They're his parents. It's true. Yeah, Grandpa Bob is not the authority at this point. Yeah. So these are like super minor discrepancies, but it's starting to be like, how oh, do you yeah. not remember? These are big. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's no way he had those two separate reactions to two parents saying the same thing. Like, if Vernal said, let's call 911, and his opinion was, we don't need the authorities, that would have been his opinion to Jessica, too. 
So why why are they saying that different things happen? It's just kind of weird. And why would they ask Grandpa Bob? Like, mm-hmm. Grandpa Bob, sorry, man, you don't have a vote in this. Like, yeah. we're either going to call the police for our son or we're not. Yeah. But we're not going to ask you what we should do. Well, and that's what Grandpa Bob says. He's like, you fucking ask me to call 911. He's like, I found out they called 911 when they were on the phone with 911. Yeah. Why would they ask me? They have their own phones. It's their kid. Like, why would they ask me? So we don't know why their stories don't match, but they don't match. Just like the driving into town to get feminine products for Jessica. Later on, they tell some story that they were driving around looking for diesel fuel for their truck. And they got lost driving around this little tiny town of Lador. And they drove around for like 45 minutes before they found the gas station to get diesel fuel. It's it's a town of 100 people. There's one store. Yeah, you can't get that lost. Or, no. I guess you could, but you know where you're going. I don't think so. It, there's like one main street where there's, and then there's like 20 houses. It's yeah. the tiniest town. Like, I don't know that you could drive around for 45 minutes, but even if they were just like on a drive, like fine. But it just seems weird. Oh, no, it seems super weird. I mean, there's there's a lot to this. Well, not only is it highly unlikely that they drove around for 45 minutes, but according to their private investigators, they said that when they found diesel fuel, the guy who filled up their truck at the service station was, like, tapping on the back window and playing with little Dior in the back seat, like, through the window. Oh, while he was filling up the truck. And they said that the gas station ran out of fuel while they were getting gas. So the private investigator goes to this fuel station and they find the guy and they're like, hey, do you remember this couple? And he's like, yep. And they were like, did you play with their baby in the backseat of the car, like through the window? And he's like, oh, no. And they were like, I knew it. Yeah. And they were like, well, did you see a car seat? He's like, oh, yeah, I saw a car seat, but there was no baby in it. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, and he said that they didn't run out of diesel fuel that day. So he doesn't know why they would say that they did. Okay, so let's put the pedal on this because this is obviously getting real suspicious. Yeah, so then they say that after the diesel fuel debacle, that that's when they went to the stage shop to get the feminine products. You know, they saw the creepy guy. But there's even discrepancies in that story because Jessica said that Dior was with her in the store and that's where the creepy guy was looking at them. You know, the guy in the black Jeep Rubicon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Vernal's story is that Dior was with him out in the front parking lot while they waited for Jessica to find tampons and they ran into a beer delivery guy that was parked out front and that guy was playing with Dior and like putting him up in his truck and letting him pretend like he was driving the big beer truck. That doesn't seem very likely right so they're like like, well this will be easy we'll just call the beer guy yeah (laughs) yeah so the private investigator contacts the beer delivery guy and he's like no i would have never done that first of all i'm busy when i'm working i'm not gonna let a little kid hang out in my truck yeah and kids aren't jumping into beer trucks like maybe a fire engine a police car maybe (laughs) like you're not putting your kid in the budweiser cab and like like let's take a picture like well and that's what the that's what the delivery guy said. He goes, first of all, that's like against the rules. I could lose my job for that, so I wouldn't do it. He's like, secondly, I'm busy when I'm delivering beer. I'm not like hanging out here. And thirdly, I don't ever park in the front. And the private investigator was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I park in the back just like all the other vendors. He's like, I don't ever park my beer truck in the front. That, make, that makes sense. I mean, that's how that kind of works, right? Yeah. So... He wouldn't have even been able to see them because he would have been in the back, even if he was there at the same time. So not only does he not remember Vernal and Dior, he says, like, this wouldn't have even been possible. So what in the 
actual fuck is going on here? Well, sounds like a couple parents aren't taking care of their kid. Yeah, but why make up all these stories about what happened that day that are, like, so easily provable by all these witnesses? And these witnesses are not only saying, like, oh, I don't remember seeing them. They're saying it's not even possible what they're saying. Well, and and Jessica and Vernal are together the entire time. Like, they can't come up with a better story combined that they go with. Like, it'd be one thing if there were some discrepancies, like minor ones, like, okay, but you guys are on the same track. But like, this feels like they weren't even in the same location. Yeah, I know. And their private investigator is the one who kind of leaks all this later on. We'll get to that. But like, I don't know. They say that their discrepancies in their stories are just because they were frantic and panicked parents. But it's like all of this stuff happened before he went missing. So, like, your brain shouldn't be scattered on that. Yeah. And it shouldn't be so different. Yeah. So, anyway, so then they say they went back to the campsite, and they got back at, like, one or two in the afternoon, and Grandpa Bob said that him and Isaac had caught fish while they were gone at the store. And so they went down to the stream where Isaac was fishing and wanted to see if they could catch fish. So Jessica and Vernal grab their fishing poles, and they start heading down to the creek, and they say that little Dior started following them. So they thought he was going to come with them, but then he turned around and went back towards Grandpa Bob. And they hollered back like, hey, do you have him? And he's like, yeah, I got him. Go ahead. But when they asked Grandpa Bob, he's like, I don't remember them asking me. But yeah, he was standing by me. But then he wasn't. So I kind of thought he went with them. Like, I don't know. Mm. But they're like so sh- Grand- certain Grandpa that they Bob said. makes this, But he makes it seem like this was a quick encounter, like really quick. You know, like he was with me and then he wasn't. It wasn't like. You know, he'd been with him for like an hour and he was checking on him. It was, seems like it was more like a, hey, you got him? Yeah, I got minutes. him. Yeah, And then exactly. he went running after his parents, you know. Yeah, so that's pretty much their story. Then they searched and then they called 911. So with all these stories not adding up, the police decide, obviously, that Jessica and Vernal are suspects. 100%. Yeah, so the sheriff asked them to take a polygraph test. And they agree. Like, totally willingly agree to do it. And, Which we don't recommend. But Uh-huh. And this is makes why. It- Yeah, but, oh, this is why. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, because they end up taking multiple polygraph tests each, and according to their second private investigator, Philip Klein, they failed all of them. Oh, man. Yeah, well, we saw that kind of coming, didn't we? Yeah. Now, the reason they have a second private investigator is because Frank Vilt, the first one, up and quit six weeks into investigating this case because he had really high suspicions that Vernal and Jessica were involved and were lying to him. He even came out with a public statement. Like, he released publicly his resignation letter to them, pretty much telling them, like, you're lying to me and I know you know what happened to your kid. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they ended up with Philip Klein, their second private investigator, who also ends up coming to the same opinion. He has said publicly that he thinks they're lying and that they know what happened. All right. Well, I think we all kind of saw that coming. But now that, you know, two investigators, you know, with police yeah. backgrounds are saying it, I think we're all kind of like, oh, OK, we thought that, yeah. too. But good, good to know. Oh, Philip Klein, by the way, is the same private investigator that Lou Zaharias has for the Zaharias children. Oh, no way. Yeah. Same investigator. Oh, and he's never accused Lou of uh, any foul play. Right. <laughs> right. He also says, even though Jessica and Vernal certainly fired him when he publicly said that he thinks they did it or did something, <laughs> um, he's not going to stop on this case until he figures out what happened to Dior. Hey, maybe the two can get together and find Dior and then go find Summer Wells. Yeah. 
So being suspects in their son's disappearance and social media and the community turning on them, that took a pretty big toll on Vernal and Jessica's relationship, and they ended up breaking up. Well, yeah, probably for the best. Mm-hmm. So once they broke up, they kind of turned on each other, and neither one of them said anything that the other one did, but they just said they wouldn't be surprised if the other one had done something to Dior, kind of. Huh. Okay. That's really yeah, suspicious like Jessica- to say about your... Yeah, like Jessica's publicly stated, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Vernal did something to him. And it's like, eh, don't like that. And his name's Vernal, so that doesn't help his cause. (laughs) Yeah. And at some point, Jessica was offered immunity to tell the investigators and the police what she knows. Like, if Vernal did something to him or if it was an accident, like, just tell us. We're going to give you immunity. But nothing came of that. She didn't tell them anything. So either she doesn't know or she just didn't take the deal. And Vernal wasn't offered the same opportunity? Not that I've heard. So I don't know if that means something. I don't know if that means that they think Vernal did something, so they offered Jessica immunity, or if they were just doing that to see if they offered her immunity, if she would say anything. Yeah. But that's where the case is at. It'll be eight years in July since anybody saw little Dior Kuntz. That's all we got? Yep. No one's ever been charged for anything. There's never been a shred of anything found of his. If he was alive today, he'd be 10 and a half years old. Wow. Do we have any kind of updated like photo of what he may look like at 10 and a half? Yeah. Nick Mick has done a couple of uh, age progression sketches, whatever, composites. Yeah. So that brings us to Theoryland, which there's like five pretty significant theories, but only a couple of them are really probable. All right. Let's hammer those first three out. Yeah. The first one's an animal attack. Which eh. even the investigators have kind of ruled out because there was no blood, no evidence of an animal attack anywhere. Um, the second one was that he wandered off and just got lost. Have we thought about an aerial animal attack? Hear me out. Maybe an eagle flew over. He's a little kid. Grabbed him. Flew off. No sign. No trace. Hmm. Have we considered it? I mean, no, because that's kind of wild. But he also was wearing cowboy boots that were two sizes too big for him. So you don't think a cowboy boot would have fallen off if an eagle picked him up? Yeah, no, I thought about that. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that kind of goes into the third one, which is supernatural. Like, there's a lot of people that are like, maybe he was abducted by aliens. Oh, I've been thinking that, too. Oh, There's some weird stuff going on these days, so I wouldn't yeah. be surprised at all. Well, there's that whole thing about, like, all the people that go missing in the forest, you know, in natural par- national parks and stuff. And it's you like mean Israel Keys victims. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, there's there's a significant number of people that feel like that's a viable option. So animal attack, supernatural, wandered off on his own, which is pretty unlikely because usually if a toddler wanders off on his own, they're found within four tenths of a mile of where they went missing. Yeah, they don't tend to get very far very fast. Mm-mm. So a kidnapping or an abduction, which is possible it is possible and i I mean i think it's theory number two there was a kid that was found in orange county shortly after dior went missing that looked exactly like dior like they thought it was him and then it ended up being another kid wow there's a lot that happens in orange county i know had no idea until we just started doing this podcast yep i think the most likely theory though is that the parents did something either by accident yeah Yeah, and covered it up or Yeah, but I think that's pretty the most likely theory. There is also a whole like theory where he was never on the trip to begin with. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because there's like no proof that, I mean, none of the people in town ever remember seeing him. And they say they went to town and they went to the stage shop and all that stuff, you know, and nobody ever remembers seeing him. But even Grandpa Bob with his, you know, himself, he says he was there. Isaac says he was there even with himself. So, Right. So for that theory to be true, Grandpa Bob and Isaac would have to also be lying. Yeah. Which... Doesn't seem likely that you could get no. four people to go in on a lie and nobody cops to it eventually. Yeah. No, that doesn't seem likely. I'm thinking either his parents did something or aerial attack. Maybe aliens. Maybe Big Bird. Not like <laughs> not Big Bird from Sesame Street, but just a Big Bird. Right. Um, like an eagle or a hawk right. or something. Or a pterodactyl. You never know. It's Idaho. Never know what's yep. lurking out there. I never thought about that like a like a big bird. I really didn't think about that because he was a small child. I mean, he was only two. He yeah, was small. it's not something you really think about until you take care of small things. We had that small dog that we t- took care of for for a while. Yeah. I was always afraid that an, an owl or something was going to come mm-hmm. out and get her. But yeah, hmm. well, that's it. We'll post pictures of little Dior on our Instagram. So you guys and the age progression picture so that if anybody has seen him, they can try to find him. Have they checked the eagle's nests around? No. Because I, mean, I don't know. Because maybe they're so big, but like if the boot goes sideways and like, you know, it can't come off very easy. Yeah, and he's two and know. a half. He's not thinking about leaving a trail. So. No. No, not on purpose. But if the boots were that big, like there's a whole bunch of stuff talking about how big these cowboy boots were. Like they weren't his. Or yeah. maybe they were his, but they were just like, he shouldn't have been wearing them yet. They were super big. Right. So. No, I think it came from uh, the sky one way or the other, either a bird or a alien. Yeah. But if it <laughs> was an accident and he is up there somewhere, I hope someday they find his remains so they can put him to rest. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for putting all this together. Don't forget to visit our website at From Crime. Nope. That's our other stuff. You just have to go to FromCrimeToCrime.com and you'll figure it out. Yeah. I like how you said at. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it was just a handle. Force a habit. Yep. You can visit us on our Instagram at From Crime to Crime, though, if you really want. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I love you. And the link to our website is in the bio of our Instagram, too. So if you did want to do that, you could. All right, buddy. So... I love you. Okay. I love you, too. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been a production of Orange Halo Media LLC, hosted by Grant Erica. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. To chat with us, go to From Crime to Crime on Instagram, From Crime to Crime on TikTok, From Crime the Number Two Crime on Twitter, or you can visit our website at FromCrimeToCrime.com. See you next Wednesday.